welcome to Utah Survivors Podcast. I'm your co-host, Brandon. And I am Alex. And we're going to talk a little bit today about ourselves so you guys can get to know us, so you can know what we're all about and know a little bit of our history and private lives and how we got into recording this podcast. And most of all, just to know how stinking cool we are. We are pretty awesome. I mean, I won't lie. We 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 are known as the awesome people of this type of podcast world, mostly because there isn't another podcast <laughs> like this. Hey, um, we're the founders. Hello, we, welcome we, to us. Yeah, we wanna we wanna start this podcast because we felt like there was a definite gap in the true crime podcast sections. We both work in the crime victims world, in the victims world, with all sorts of survivors stalking, rape, homicide, molestation, sexual assault. And we wanted to create a podcast that not only talked about survivors and the the horrible things that happened to them, but also about local agencies, nonprofits, governments that help out survivors in similar situations. So that way people, if they're experiencing something similar, they can know where to turn and they can know some more resources. Or just in general, if someone's really passionate about the topic, then they'll learn about another organization that helps survivors in those circumstances. I think the coolest thing is not is building the community and educating the public about the community around victims because unless you're a victim you don't know what's out there and as uh, most people who respond to crime are going to be their local leaders or a family member or a friend and even if those family members have a tiny little aspect of where to turn so these victims can get services right away it's just going to benefit all victims of crime in our state absolutely it's it's something that is so needed anytime i meet with a victim of any kind or even talk with people about the type of victims that I serve and all the things that we do for them they're like wow I wouldn't even think that that's something that goes in to this type of crime that you were helping somebody with I don't even th- I wouldn't even know that that's a thing that happens that you have to help somebody with and so it it just can be really fascinating to learn all of all the different aspects that you might need to cover as well as other organizations that help people Okay, so let's start out. I'm going to start out by asking Brandon all the fun questions. All right, I'll be in the hot seat first. Okay, so first off, who is Mr. Brandon? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm Brandon. I am the founder and executive director of an organization called Utah Homicide Survivors. We provide legal services for families of homicide victims throughout the state of Utah, anything that they might need. Every family is different. They all have unique needs. We also try to especially focus on domestic violence homicides, which are a whole other thing in themselves because it's not just affecting the person's immediate family that was murdered but their extended family the communities their neighbors their friends because most likely they had good relationships with all those people around them and so we we try to help the families with any legal thing that they might need as well as an online group therapy aspect for adults that might be struggling with being a homicide survivor themselves a homicide survivor is the family members or friends that have continued to live after their loved one was killed i love it so brandon yes other than running this amazing organization that utah is blessed to have what is your nerdiest obsession (laughs) (laughs) 
my nerdiest obsession, I would say, is I, I collect comic books and hang them up all over my office. Which I um, love because my son has benefited from them. Yeah, I, I gave Alex's son a comic book that I was done with. I switched it out for a different comic and kept it in its plastic protection cover sheet and was just like, oh, if your son likes comics, then you can give him this one. It's a good, it's a good comic to read even, but I don't know if he's even read it if he just he, likes to keep he's it in learning the plastic. to read okay but it sits in the plastic and when we have guests over he pulls it out and says look at this amazing thing i have and shows it off every time we have new guests that's great i love it yeah so mostly i i just kind of find i don't have anything rare or anything but i just like to find the covers i think are the coolest and i hang them up kind of as a artwork or display piece i have a dog she's a two-year-old bernese mountain dog i'm married i've been married for uh we better get this right uh six going on seven years carly Um, don't check that (laughs) my wife's name is carly and she's a school teacher we like just kind of traveling we also like sitting around in our pajamas doing nothing watching netflix and chilling uh, and chilling (laughs) and uh but yeah we you know we like to hang out with friends do what normal people do you know there's nothing super exciting about me other than my nerdy obsession with comic book covers i love it so school wise obviously you are an attorney where did you go to school so i went to school for my undergraduate degree at utah valley university here in orem i i went there to study international politics and fancy fancy i know and while i was there i got a internship with the south african parliament so i was there for a semester doing research for the south african parliament and then when i came back i decided i wanted to go to law school so i applied i i thought i wanted to do environmental law because i had been involved in a lot of environmental law or environmental type clubs at uvu and when I got to Vermont Law School and took my first environmental law classes the summer after my first year, I discovered that I hated environmental law. <laughs> and I'm, I still am environmentally conscious, but I do not like the legal aspects of it. It, to me, was just not intriguing. And so immediately I tried to go out and find something. And I, I learned that I enjoyed helping people and... This kind of work just kind of came to me with my aunt lived down the street from a person that ran a a nonprofit organization in Arizona that was similar to the one that I have here. And they allowed me to come and be an intern for over a year and get school credit for it. And eventually they hired me. And then when I moved up to Utah and started this new organization, kept in relatively good contact with them. And they've been a great resource for us. Got my law degree and immediately started doing this type of work. I haven't really left it. That's amazing. So what, I'm going to start hard. What is the hardest, crappiest, poopiest part (laughs) of this work? I think the hardest part is... When I meet people, I meet them at the worst point in their life. It's true. Because they just had somebody murdered. That's why people call me, because someone in their family has been murdered. So I literally meet them after this horrific thing has happened to them and their family. Sometimes they themselves survived an attack. And so it's just the worst time in their life. They're, they're just trying to literally figure out how to survive. 
how to cope with this. They still have bills to pay. They still have things that they have to go out and do. Sometimes they have their own families. Sometimes they're surviving children of the murder victim that also now need to be taken care of. And so I meet them just at the worst point in their life. That's, that's the hardest part for me. I, I totally understand that. Um, as you've done this for a little bit now in Utah, what's been the most rewarding part for you? You know, there's a lot of things that have been rewarding. I, I think the main thing for me is after we, after the fog has cleared for a lot of these victims and our clients that we've helped, they just tell me how grateful they are for handling the legal aspect of things because that's just one thing they didn't have to worry about. It can be so long and complicated, especially because most of the time they're, they, again, they're surviving, but then there's a, a murder trial going on all at the same time and they just can't handle more on their plate. And so we kind of just try to help them with everything they need. And so just getting that gratitude, I think, is is the coolest thing for me, just to have someone tell me, say, thank you. I'm really bashful about that. I don't really like that. Whatever, um, your ego's I, huge. I have huge <laughs> ego. That's my big problem. It. I think it's, it's really helpful just kind of seeing them be in a better place by the time we finish with all the stuff that I'm there to help them with. I like that. That's good. So if there's one thing people want to say, oh, Brandon is this, what is Brandon? I just made that up. It's really hard. <laughs> <laughs> we did not plan this question in advance. I would say compassionate. I agree with that. I really care about the people that I help, and I really care about helping domestic violence victims, um, even if it's not necessarily related to the type of work I'm supposed to be doing with this organization. I will still find a way to help them, even if it, even if I can't directly help them. I'll give them advice or more resources to help them, or even just talk with them for a little while. I think that's, yeah. Talking with them is priceless. It is. Well, um, it's good to get to know you, Brandon. Yeah, and now I'm going to switch the tables on you here. Um, here we go. All right, Alex, talk about yourself for a little bit. Well, here we go. Alex is, just kidding, I won't talk third person. I am a mother, a single mom to the cutest six-year-old I know, and that is not biased in any means. It's, it's I've never been, biased when moms say that their kid's the cutest. No, never at all. And he does look like me, just blonde, so it's even better. So he, I've been divorced for four years now, so it's just been me and the little kiddo. And he is obsessed with superheroes, which now has turned into, I have become obsessed with superheroes. So we are a superhero family. I got my little kiddo to meet Tom Holland for his sixth birthday this year. Coolest pictures ever. I know. And he kindly asked me not to be involved. And he started off by asking me if I could buy two pictures so he could have one alone and I quickly said oh honey I don't want to be in this you don't want to look back 10 years from now and see my face in there <laughs> so I just got to enjoy watching my little spider-man take a picture with spider-man and he was in his spider-man suit too right oh yeah and of course he had to have a thor hammer too so we're covering all bases in there that picture go. there you go what what are your interests outside of work and I mean you have your kid obviously what do you what do you like to do so kiddo is obviously my number one hobby but we love to dance together we have dance parties all the time and when before I had a kid I nerdily loved to swing dance so I'd swing dance a lot I like to knit like a little old lady at night <laughs> and Alex is not old <laughs> just in case you guys are wondering according to some people I'm old I'm 30 now so who knows 
But yeah, I like to knit and make hats and scarves, but I don't do anything difficult because it takes too much time. Gotcha. Okay. Where, where'd you go to school? I went to Weber State. So I grew up downtown Salt Lake and did not want to go to the U because I wanted to get away from people from high school. So I went to Weber State. Nice. And what did you study while you were there? I got my bachelor's degree in criminal justice. So I went to college originally to work with kids in probation and juvenile offenders thinking that that, well, it was and is still a passion of mine. And then I fell backwards into an internship at the Utah Crime Victims Legal Clinic working with victims. And my goal was just to make my resume more diverse. And then I fell in love with victims work and literally have not done anything else since. How long ago was that? My internship at the clinic was eight and a half years ago. Okay. So almost nine years you've been involved with helping crime victims. Yep. This summer will be nine. And in high school I did work with like at-risk youth through a peer court program. Oh, awesome. Mm -hmm. Okay. What would you say is the hardest thing I think for me, the hardest thing is when the system doesn't work the way I thought it would. I liked, I, I hate when I can't help someone. It's kind of when like that secondary trauma hits because I feel so helpless. And then when I can help and I preface this with, I think this is how it should go. Are these the things we could fight for? And when those fights end up horribly or they just don't go the way we want I think that's the hardest part for me I don't know if I accidentally give false hope which I never try to I always try to be more rational and say possibly and if and maybe but when they don't go the way I want is really hard like not guilty verdicts and things like that okay what would you say is the most rewarding thing I think the most rewarding is being there when the system is so difficult to get there, to be in and understand and to be able to hold their hand theoretically and support them and take the time for them to know what's going on and also to take away the burden of being able to say you will have representation at every court hearing through my office. And if you have questions, I will spend as much time as we need to talking about it. Yeah. And you said holding hand theoretically, but sometimes it's actual oh yeah because they need that physical Mm -hmm. support too it's somebody that's literally there for them Mm -hmm. but then you also need to know where your clients are at because one of Of my closest friends was one of our clients at one point and I went into like overdrive mode of like hugging her and holding her hand and she eventually just looked at me and she said you know I don't like to be touched (laughs) I was like oh yeah important to have boundaries (laughs) and know where our boundaries are that's I think that's a hard thing for a lot of people is that Mm -hmm. they show their compassion in different ways and trying to help in different ways. And that's not always where the other person is, especially sometimes where they've gone through these terrible things. It changes their way of thinking. It changes Mm -hmm. how they act almost for the rest of their life even. Yeah. And so it it can be really hard to change how we react to fit somebody else, I think. Another thing that you said rewarding, I think one thing I want to add is being able to help victims understand why they do the things they do. Like why their brain keeps blaming themselves or why certain behaviors that are so counterintuitive to them as a person is happening to help them understand that trauma has taken over their life. And once you can see that light bulb switch on of, oh, okay, this is just a response and I need to deal with it differently and not just be mad at myself healing can really start. That's great. I love Mm -hmm. that. 
I'm going to switch your question back on you. Luckily, you have oh. more time to prepare, obviously. Describe yourself in one word what other people would say of you. I would have to say loving. And I only say that because I feel like that's what I hear back a lot, is you just were there and you met me and you loved me through the hard things. Yeah, I've I've heard that as well about you. No, there's like a no judgment policy with Alex that no matter what she's there for somebody mm-hmm. which is really great because people make mistakes sometimes even during the process but it's not something that necessarily can be helped if it's happened it's happened and you always are there to try to help figure out yeah. how to make it better afterwards so that's great oh thanks <laughs> well one more question Brandon what's oh, your okay. favorite food my favorite food is I could eat pizza every day pizza yep it's um, pretty good choice. and i and i have celiac so it's kind of hard to find good <laughs> pizza because i can't eat gluten but there are a lot of decent gluten-free pizza places now um the pie now has cauliflower crust yeah cauliflower crust did i say that correctly <laughs> yes you did Kay. yeah the pie is the pie is a decent one it's yeah so it's it's different other than pizza um, Reese's mm. Peanut Butter Cups and Dr. Pepper. I have a Dr. Pepper bottle collection, antique Dr. Pepper bottle collection. Nice. My That's a trifecta. bottles from the, the f- 1944. That um, is super impressive. Yeah. So we have a Dr. Pepper menu board. We got lots of Dr. Pepper things. My wife had to stop me from buying Dr. Pepper stuff because she's like, I don't want to have a themed house. I, it's okay <laughs> to have a little little bits of different things. But she didn't want a themed house where we would have all Dr. Pepper stuff. People walk in and like, so you, I can tell you like Dr. Just Pepper. Just a little bit. So <laughs> yeah, it's a little more subtle. People still know, but it's not the most prominent thing in the house. So that's oh, good. that's good. Yeah. What about you? What What is your favorite food? <sighs> I would probably have to say donuts. I love donuts. And they also are my favorite comfort food. From from what establishment would you say your favorite donuts Banbury Cross. There's nothing that compares in the world to what, Banbury Cross. What is, what is that? Have you not had Banbury Cross donuts? No. Oh, you are a sinner in Utah. I mean, Pure I, sinner. I also have celiac disease. So oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Still <laughs> unless, not an excuse. Uh, unless they make a gluten-free donut, I can't <laughs> have it. All right. Uh, Banbury Cross Donuts. It's here in Utah. Yeah. Then? It's on 7th East and I think like eight or 900 South or somewhere what's, on what's there. What's their like signature donut? The cinnamon crust ones. Ooh. I yeah. do like good cinnamon stuff. So they're my favorite. And as a kid, I would ask for donuts instead of birthday cakes i get donuts <laughs> birthday birthday donuts exactly nice nice uh-huh. i uh, i do before i had celiac i did enjoy a donut but well i'll enjoy them for you now thank you i appreciate that think of me always all right well hope you had a good time listening to our first intro podcast and getting to know us a little bit better we will be every week having a 30 minute episode rotating between a survivor and a nonprofit or government agency or person that helps survivors in similar situations as the guests that we had on the week before. I think that's going to be pretty cool. And if you have any questions for us, let us know because we'd happily add more to who we are so you can engage with us and ask us questions. Yep. You can find us on social media at Utah Survivors Podcast. That's on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And we also have an email address. It's info at utahhomicidesurvivors.org 
and you can send in questions, comments, if you think that you would be a great guest or if you're a survivor or a nonprofit or government agency or person that would like to come on and talk with us about uh, different aspects of domestic violence or survivorship, we would love it. We'd love to talk with you and make it happen from anywhere in the country. So if you're not from Utah, but you still want to tell your story, we can patch you in. We have a great little system here where we can bring in phone guests and it sounds just like they're right here and with us in the studio. So we're looking forward to interacting with everybody and we really enjoy the work that we do and we hope that that will show. Thank you so much for joining us. All right. We'll talk to you next week. 